Today on the post game, we recap the inaugural weekend of Daily Fantasy, brought to you by Flow Fantasy. A lot of fun playing in that first weekend. Looking forward to the rest of the season. We discuss this previous weekend of games, the upcoming weekend of games. We discuss the biggest rivalry in college lacrosse. We really agreed on that one. And then we bring up a PLL blockbuster trade featuring Ryan Brown. We wrap this all up with an awesome interview with Deemer Class. Welcome to another episode of The Post Game. Uh, we are delighted to be back. We have a great episode with Deemer. I'm pumped about it. Um, we're finally, I feel like we're rolling. I feel like we're actually getting into a good groove. We have our shit together with our interviews. Um, we have full slates of college games. Notre Dame and Syracuse are playing. There's shit popping off in the PLL. Um, so for the first time since we started this complete train wreck of a podcast, um i feel like we're actually on a pretty good roll so what's up evan how was the weekend it was a good weekend i like how you said we have our shit together with our interviews and we don't have an interview booked for this week yet <laughs> we have a couple but, of easy ones though we have a couple layups some yeah guys we got some low low hanging fruit like guys just begging us to come on um pretty much everyone but matt Moore. uh but my weekend was good um i saw a lot of people i haven't seen in a while which was nice um yeah I mean, the city's like slowly coming back, which is nice. Uh, stuff's starting to open up, so a little bit less like mundane and the same thing all the time. What about you, man? You had a big, you had a big weekend. Like I just did the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. Well, first off, the same thing for you. I'm shocked you weren't in Vermont or like doing some kind of trip with your girlfriend. Um, but no, I was out in Sacramento coaching with Mikey Schlosser and Eli Gobrecht, two legendary Outlaws guys. There's our Outlaws. Uh, mentioned for the for the episode shout out sandra um, applett shout out <laughs> and dude mikey schlosser is living on another planet like we show up he's doing moped races in his very small backyard we played wiffle ball for 20 hours uh we were drinking we were eating we were like ordering panda express like it, it's just he takes you back that's a guy that keeps you young so i was um we unfortunately had some snafus where I had to change my flight from Sunday night to five 30 this morning. Um, and man, like when you just teleport back to being 21 again, um, that Sunday flight, and especially if it becomes a Monday morning flight really kicks you in the ass. So my brain is full on doo-doo mode right now. So just bear <laughs> with me. That's all right. I'll try to carry us. What, uh, so I don't know Mikey at all, but What's uh what's his like take on his look? Like why what's going on with that? Is that just like a a, a bit or a troll kind of thing? I for the longest time and and honest to god for about a year I would ask him every time we hung out I'm like, "So what's your deal? Like when 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 do you drop this act? When do you drop this bit? When do you get a haircut? When do you start like you know, having conversations not about candy?" And, <laughs> eventually you just start realizing this is truly uh like fucking an anomaly of a person yeah. and we were talking about like you know how you go on these podcast circuits well you probably don't but pro pro lacrosse players go on these podcast circuits dude i was on a podcast more recently than you bitch which one were you on one three days ago uh no fuck yeah we don't need to get into a dick measuring competition about that um but we were talking about how people always ask him. He's like, yeah, you know, so Mikey, I got to ask. I just have to ask, what's the deal with the hair? 
<laughs> and Mikey always answers. He's like, yeah, like, I don't know. I just don't feel like cutting it. I cut it myself. My brother cuts it sometimes and stop asking, please. So <laughs> it's not a bit. It's who he is as a person. And until you actually spend some time with him, it's impossible to comprehend. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, if we do ever have him on, I'm glad I asked now. So I don't have to ask on the podcast. I don't know. He does sound like a 79 year old smoker after a day of coaching. It's like Mikey. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me guys. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We might have to rip perpetual rain check for Mikey Schlosser, but he's a great guy, great coach. And, uh, he hooked it up this weekend for the boys. So thanks Mikey. Um, and speaking of for the boys, we suck at fantasy. I thought we were going to have like this sick little, you know, like banter, this and that. I know I went a little Notre Dame heavy, but I got my ass kicked. I finished dead last in like this little media thing that we're doing. And in the big one that got 288 registrations, which thank you for that. Appreciate it. Um, I need more though. So send it to all your friends. (laughs) Huh? I said we need more people. So send it to all your friends. Yeah, honestly, send it to your friends. So I suck. (laughs) And I know it's because I went Notre Dame heavy and we had the most boring game that ever happened. Um, How was your fantasy experience first weekend? Mine was good. I think, um, I tried to go a little dark horse mode with uh, Danny Barello, a Fogo on Syracuse. He's not the uh, he's not the lead fiddle, but I thought that maybe he'd get like his his plug and play moments against Vermont. But Vermont just kicked the shit out of Syracuse in faceoffs. So um, he's my good friend. Fuck you, Danny, for only getting negative two points. That really fucked me. Um, but other than that, I thought my team was like pretty good. I gave a lot of advice out, and like I made my lineup on Thursday, and then people where I did like some private contests and people were like signing up trying before our contest started. And like a lot of people were FaceTiming me on Saturday morning and like texting me. And like, I really gave it a hard look and was giving people like a lot of good value plays. Um, so my buddy like won my private league and I was fucking so pissed about that. Cause I pretty much made his lineup on FaceTime. <laughs> like you got him like Charlotte BDs at like, private league? yeah, I got him like Charlotte BDs at like 2,300 and like Hilts at 2000 and Wisnowskis, like all these guys at like nine fucking points. And, yeah, so I kind of fucked myself there, but it was it was a really fun time. It was cool to track too. It updates like a pretty consistently, which is nice. Like you can really track yeah. it. If if nothing else, like just the little dopamine hit I get choosing college lacrosse players with the college logos next to them for a daily fantasy, I think is so fucking cool. I get like yeah. this big rush where I'm like, "Ooh, like this is this is starting to be real." And then I keep envisioning like, what if I could have drafted myself back in the day (laughs) Um, and just like, you know, start going down that whole thing. Um, So I really hope these college players are kind of like taking a minute to at least check out the website because boy, I know I would have if I was uh, back playing Um, and I would have been the value of the century. I would have been like five bucks for for a point. Yeah, Uh, I feel like I would have been a pretty bad fantasy pickup, but I don't know, maybe value value at the goaltender position. Um, we do have to shout out our, our winner though, Spencer Turkle, who is a, he actually Great is a name. former, former Delaware Fogo, um, with Tyler. So I don't know if there was some inside trading there going on, but they're, they're actually buddies and, uh, congratulations, Spencer. Yeah. But, congrats. Like, he also chirped it, us. So fuck him. <laughs> what did he say? I don't know. I think he just chirped us about winning, but he also said we were funny. So whatever. We'll All call right. it even. Well, Thanks. Thanks, Spencer Turkle. I, I really, really get a kick out of that name. Um, 
And then, yeah, so we did have 288 signups, which again is pretty solid. But if I'm going to apply as a red shirt and enroll as a master's student at Syracuse and walk onto the team, we're going to need to get 10K. So while we're pretty happy with the 288 signups, we're going to need to really exponentially grow that. Send it to all your friends. Um, and Evan, I know I, so just to like give you guys an update, um, we work with Grant who we had on last week uh, pretty regularly. So we are already addressing fixes on the mobile um, and we are already addressing some of the other issues. We sent out a form, we tweeted out a form. If you have any feedback, um, just go and fire it in. And if you're going to be a dick about it, hey, asshole, it's free. All right. We're just doing this. Grant is doing this just because he's a genius whiz kid, uh, you know, high school legend. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about like, oh, I was trying to do it on my mobile and it sucked. Well, you write 400,000 lines of code and, <laughs> you know, make it perfect. You go build one. Um, so we are doing that, but definitely get your boys to sign up. And then, um, the experience with the private league I thought was fantastic, even though I blew it. Um, I really love the idea that you can just end. <laughs> what? Just say you didn't it. do it. You didn't enter it. Yeah, I tried though. I liked, I liked that I was in a group chat and that I was on the email chain and stuff. So, Yeah, DM me for the private league details. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get flooded. <laughs> oh. um, but it was cool. Like with, you know, Matt Cavanaugh was in it. Brendan Cavanaugh was in it. Some big names there. So, you guys want to see how you uh, fare with the pros, then you, you got to get involved. But I thought it was funny. My buddy texted me. He's like, I'm beating the shit out of Westburg. Let's go. He like played <laughs> D3 and just like with German West, which is pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, it was a cool experience overall. And you just see how you how you measure. Um, bad weekend for Fade Malloy, though, for Daily Fantasy and just picks in general. Yeah. Dude, we got some pretty fun stuff going with the uh, with the weekly pick'em and now with the weekly daily fantasy. It's uh, it's kind of fun. It's it's we're we're entering the golden age of hypothetically gambling on college lacrosse. So <laughs> pumped about it. Um, and then the only last shout out is Dan Arestia actually kind of crushed it. Um, out of the 288 entries, he got 14th and he won the first challenge between us. Um, and the lacrosse playground of the crease dive guys. So shout out Dan, you old bag of milk. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy, I go back and forth with Dan and DMS pretty frequently. And all we do is talk shit to each other. And I just say like, you know, don't, you know, don't break your hip walking up the stairs to get to your, <laughs> you know, dial up internet to enter your fantasy. So even though how much I chirp them, Dan, congratulations. Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of really boring shit, why don't we talk about the Notre Dame game this weekend? <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. We, we we had it on, and it was the most quintessential boring Notre Dame game where it was never exciting. There there wasn't one point where Bellarmine like, made it really interesting, and there wasn't one point in which Notre Dame pulled away. I think the most interesting play was a Colorado kid, Jake Taylor, had a behind-the-back goal for his first goal. And the rest was the most stereotypical. Here's the offensive set. Here's the defense. Maybe a goal, maybe not. Clear, no pushing transition or very little of it. Um, I loved it. It's just something that you love to see. Just a blue blood program <laughs> playing to the scheme, reading the scout, not giving up, you know, not giving up anything stupid, not being cocky. That's going to get us to the national championship. So shout out Notre Dame for the perfect game plan. Um, did you 
were you able to stay awake for it? Did you watch it or did you just go to bed? No, I, I didn't watch a second of it. I didn't really watch too much lacrosse this weekend, unfortunately. But um, I got to ask you, what ACC team is Notre Dame better than, in your opinion? And, like, give me an Syracuse honest answer. Syracuse and Virginia, <laughs> and that's it. Syracuse and Virginia. Okay. I I believe it. All right. I believe it. I'm gonna. Freaking, face I'm gonna wait till you're like kind of drunk and text you when Syracuse plays Notre Dame and just get you to do some egregious bet. Um, yeah, gu- guarantee I'll take it. We are better <laughs> than Syracuse because if Notre Dame played Vermont, we shouldn't deserve to lose that game like Syracuse did. First off, <laughs> scumbag performances left and right, um, hitting the goalie, chirping, hitting late, disgusting. Um, do you have anything to say for yourself? It's just a blue collar brand of ball. I know like Notre Dame doesn't really know about it, but that's just, that's blue collar. You got to You sometimes that's what you got to do to get the boys going. So I'm, I'm not saying it was the right play or a smart thing to do, but you know, they ended up winning. So no harm, no foul. Well, I guess that there was, a foul, um, <laughs> that was the polar opposite of the Notre Dame game in every way, especially from an entertainment standpoint. Yeah, that game was sick. Like, we just put it on like, in background and that was one that everybody ended up being glued to the tv on um there was uh first off syracuse is the worst team in the acc no other acc team would lose to an out of conference army they didn't lose dude they didn't lose did you hear it i said lose to an out of conference army and then Uh, almost lose to a vermont uh, so you guys aren't really repping the acc in the way that notre dame is I don't so know. You guys are the worst. Maybe team. Vermont. Maybe Vermont is better than we think. Um, also, weekly shout out to Stephen Rafis, another eight points. But let's just keep him outside of the All American list. Um, everybody's a fucking yeah, idiot. That's, Why don't that's we have getting votes? absurd. Um, so yeah, he's just climbing up that assist rankings. The other thing I want to touch on on this game, uh, since it's very close to my heart, is that goal by Vermont. Um, that snipe. Uh, oh. Drake, if you're listening, I'm I'm here for you. I have some experience with viral snipes on the internet, so um, we can have a therapy session. We can we can make a public on Twitter, whatever you want to do. I'm here for you. Um, but you're lucky that that's the only angle they had because if they had the right angle for that, you would be fucked for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that's why that game was so entertaining because I feel like. Syracuse would just, you know, come down and just out athlete, out dodge, out shoot. And then Vermont would like pull something out of their ass and shoot a low to high from 17 that stings a corner or like throw some ridiculous diving shot. So that was the, that was the best matchup. And to have that be the clip that's going viral. (laughs) um, You know, I, it always blew my mind. I don't know why it bothered kind of bothers me. I won't say totally, but um it always bothers me when the team that loses has like the huge viral clip. And I'm like, yeah, that was kind of sick, but nobody's talking about like, they still lost that game and you know, whatever. I don't know why that bothers me. I wish I wasn't such a Debbie Downer yeah, wet blanket. That's like the most uh, hard take ever. I know. I don't know why I wish <laughs> I changed, you know, if I could change myself, fuck, how much time do you have for that list? We'll um, work on it. But there were some six Syracuse goals that I, uh, that weren't really shown because of, uh, because of that sick one. So yeah, you know, good for you for being a good friend to Drake. <laughs> All right. Last thing I want to touch on is like, I think it might be time for us to acknowledge Rutgers and Georgetown as legitimate contenders. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Georgetown is a great, um, <laughs> you know, great program. They're, they're legitimate. Um, Rutgers. I, I will never, I'm never bending <laughs> the knee to Rutgers. Um, you know, they say one of the things about COVID is you, uh, you know, you have bad taste. And I think I might've gotten COVID because 
you know, I sneaky was starting to follow Rutgers before catching myself. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I still have too much class and a little too much taste to, to give Rutgers the time of day, but it sounds like you're starting to creep into that territory. Well, I think I'll say that <clears throat> we talked about like the COVID matchups on a few uh, episodes, like if games got canceled, I'm not saying that I want anybody to get sick, but I wouldn't mind like the Rutgers Michigan game and Providence Georgetown game to get canceled so we can have like a Coastal Carolina BYU type matchup between those two teams. <laughs> uh, not that I want anyone to get sick, but if it were to happen and that was the result, that would be pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see those two teams play kind of like I call mid majors, which sounds like so it's like kind of like an asshole thing to say but they kind of feel like mid-majors it'd be a nice little like mid-major matchup to see like you know who's better of the two and who's like the real contender um god two things a i love being just such an acc prick it's my favorite thing to do so thank you for one-upping me on that um and two yes we will never condone getting sick but if providence and michigan got a little precautionary contact tracing um maybe that's how we start that's how we start saying it is their, their precaution, they got some sort of contact tracing, and now they just need to postpone for a week yeah. so that we can see George Sound Rugby. Or just turn the tables and be like, oh, you guys don't want that to happen? Like, that's. Like, <laughs> you know, that's Sorry, I'm safe. a real fan yeah. over here. Sorry, I want everybody to stay safe, and then, you know, we have this game. Um, <laughs> oh, and in a uh, in another little episode of Fade Malloy, hashtag Fade Malloy, um, you really made a great call with that Loyola game. Props to you. Do you have anything to say for yourself? Yeah, um, so I've been like pretty high on Loyola, but they suck. Uh, so that's that's the end of that. I don't know how they fucking they scored five goals on Lehigh. I mean, maybe Lehigh's legit, but like I'm, I don't know. I thought I, I had Loyola as my call as a dark horse, just complete miss. Um, and they will not be included in the picks unless it's unless they're playing an ACC team and it's for them to lose. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, bad pick by me, but I'm still I'm still like positive on the on the year, so. If you're fading Malloy, you're still negative. So fuck you guys. But uh, I gotta like be more invested this weekend. I wasn't invested enough in the game, so I didn't get to make a comeback. Um, luckily, I was really staring at Syracuse minus seven and a half, and I'm glad I didn't take that. So there you go. I saved you guys from another bad pick in that in that move. So whatever. I'll be back this week. It's kind of getting to the point where it's good week, bad week, good week, bad week. So hopefully there's an even number of weeks and I end on a good week or whatever I just said, an odd week. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, so you're coming <laughs> off a bad week, so we got to hammer your picks this week. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I'm definitely not going to do that, but, you know. <laughs> you just worry about signing up for fucking Daily Fantasy. How about that? Don't want to give you too many projects for one weekend. Sometimes it's tough. I'm, you know, I'm a busy guy here. Um, no, I'm not. I just, I was just a <laughs> drunk piece of shit all weekend with Mikey and Eli. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these upcoming matches. Finally, 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 come one, come all. We have our first ACC game, Virginia UNC. Um, you got to love to see it. Two powerhouse programs, two top five programs. Um, you know, Virginia is not even a top four in the ACC. Um, you know, they're down there with Syracuse, but we get to see a little bit of action. Anything about that matchup that you want to touch on? Well, first of all, you just said it was the first ACC game, but need I remind you that Syracuse pumped Virginia by 10 goals. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> weekly reminder. Anyway, <laughs> I'm putting uh, Virginia on fraud watch for this game. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that pick goes. But I could see them getting favorable line, like three and a half 
Um, but I still see UNC covering. Like I think this is where UNC asserts themselves and Virginia kind of falls off a little bit. Just like it was shaky watching them play high point again. Like they didn't they didn't play that well in the high point game. I know it was a quick turnaround from Syracuse, but you would have liked to see like some sort of spark after getting your asses kicked on national television. But um yeah, I mean I, I just feel like UNC is a little bit uh you know, just just more loaded than Virginia and, and I haven't really seen anyone on Virginia step up besides Road, who like pretty much won them the high point game, and Matt Moore. And like if Matt Moore you saw in the Syracuse game, if Matt Moore can't put a good game together, then they struggle. So they'll need somebody to step up against UNC. I'm not sure they're gonna have the firepower to match what UNC's been doing, so I'm going heavy UNC. I the this is the shitty part because I agree with literally everything you just said. And anytime I think I have a surefire lock or like a good beat on something, um, the opposite tends to happen. So I'm actually taking Virginia by one in overtime um, because I think UNC is going to win by five. So, you know what, just to get a little bit of parody and not to agree with you uh, ever, I'm going to go ahead and take Virginia winning in overtime, shocking UNC because UNC hasn't played the stable that Virginia has. So they might be able to catch them off guard. That's a really stupid take. Um, So we'll see how that one lives out. Hopefully I sound like a genius by the end of it. Um, We also have a sneaky midweek Duke high point. Um, High point is one in three. And the ACC is so good that high points, three losses (laughs) are all the ACC programs. Their only win is over Robert Morris, and they're still a ranked top 20 team because they kind of play ACC teams good. Um, first off, congratulations to us. We get to suck our own dicks about the ACC again. <laughs> but a midweek matchup against High Point is the scariest game I could probably think of besides early February Air Force. Yeah, I'm a, I feel like it's too obvious to take High Point at this point. I think like... I think Duke's proved like that they're not going to drop like a shitty game, but if they were to, this would be it and this would be the game that High Point wins. You got to assume that they like that lightning strikes at least once. Like they've come so close and it's just been, you know, one heartbreaking loss after another. Um the end of their Virginia game was fucking bizarre. Like the ball is on the Whack ground up. the entire game. Uh so they got to clean that up, but they have a shit ton of talent, dude. They're like really fun to watch. Astronaut things of an animal, so I expect them to give Duke trouble, and then maybe they can pull one out in the midweek, but that's definitely a, a must-watch game. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have my eyes glued on that. I still think Duke blows out the back of high point, but it is <laughs> enough to be like, ooh, like let's just keep a watch on that just to keep the narrative of early season Duke alive, even though that's already been put to rest. I refuse to give up on that story. Um, we also have a very tough matchup for Q's, a Friday afternoon Stony Brook pairing. Anything you want to break down for that? I just like, I'm so excited to do absolutely fucking nothing on Friday. I just <laughs> watched that. Like, I don't really know what the outcome is going to be. I don't know what the line's going to be. I feel like betting wise, Syracuse is in a good place right now because they like kind of had that tough game against Vermont, but I fully expect them to win. I think like, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I can't really figure them out. Offensively, I feel like they're fucking loaded, and they're just like, the defense just needs to start clicking eventually. Um, but, I mean, I, I feel like they're going to put up 17 to 20 goals every game, uh, at least every game besides Notre Dame. So uh, I'm taking Q's pick again and probably taking the over, honestly. 
<laughs> I mean, just program a robot to say Qs and over. I love yeah, it. <laughs> literally. Death taxes and Qs and the over. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, actually Notre Dame increases their excitement with a bye week. We don't even yeah. have the chance to disappoint Such fans. a tough week um, against Robert Morris. The boys <laughs> needed a break. <laughs> yeah. So we're coming off a big Bellerman win. Um, shout out oh, Dylan Ward for Robert sucking. Morris. Yep. Um, and yeah, off weekend. And then I think after that, we begin that ACC gauntlet of just back to back to back to back to back. Is that every ACC schedule? Do you know, like, if Syracuse has any breaks? Um, or well, they, played Virginia, if it's just... they played Virginia early in the season, so like that's nice, but um. Yeah, I think I think they might actually have like a couple breaks. I think they might have back to back ACC games, but that's it. So Must nice scheduling, nice. Corrigan, mastermind. Um, <laughs> the Notre Dame kids have to be so pissed. Like they just probably see all these highlights and all these teams playing. Like week in and week out, they play like one fucking game and then <laughs> or two fucking games, and then they have like a fucking other break before like any big games. It's probably so fucking annoying. I'd be going crazy. I remember when we when we went over to the ACC, it it became crazy that it was like okay, like and and this was when Maryland was still in the ACC too. So our in conference opponents were Maryland, Syracuse, Duke, UNC, and Virginia. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and we had those on like back to back to back like five weekends in a row or something. And I remember we lost to UNC or something by one. And we didn't even have time to like give a fuck. It was like, all right, well, we have Duke and then Virginia right after that. Yeah. Dude. And then you drop two in a row, and you're like, I like, what? What the hell are we supposed to do right now? Like, we're yeah. we're getting fucking smoked. It's the same thing um, at Syracuse. We we were in the Big East and then went over the ACC in the same year. And dude, I remember Maryland. Maryland was in the ACC for that one year, and they came to the dome and they beat the fucking shit out of us. And we're like, <laughs> holy shit! Like, this is what this is gonna be like. We lost to Maryland by like 15 and lost to Duke by like 14. It was not a good like inaugural year um, in the ACC for us, but we probably beat we, you guys. We didn't even like we didn't even have bad years. I think we might have like won the ACC that year, but we were just so burnt out from like getting gassed up for every single game. And then we they would like throw Army after the ACC gauntlet, and then that Army game would always be this one goal game. Yeah, and I remember. I think like we had eight games in a row or something that were three goals or less. And it was like Stony Brook, the ACC's army, the ACC championship, and then playoffs. And every game was like three goals. And I was like, fuck, we, we need a little like, you know, midweek something to just beat the shit out of someone. Cause it's, it's becoming a gauntlet. So I expect Notre Dame to go a little less than 500 with that ACC schedule but keeping every game close and by keeping every game close, you know, kind of cakewalk into the playoffs. That's my <laughs> prediction for the bye week. <laughs> oh, okay. That's me trying to be realistic too. Um, so speaking of Maryland beating the brakes off of teams, <laughs> I'm putting Rutgers on fraud watch this weekend. We finally get to see them play a real team in Maryland. Um, I have Maryland winning by nine. Nine? 19 to 10. <laughs> wow, that actually sounds more realistic when you put it that way. Um, I don't know why, but 19 to 10 doesn't sound <laughs> as bad as losing by nine. Um, dude, I'm kind of <laughs> – fuck, I'm on the Rutgers train, but I can't stand Jules on Twitter. Um, 
it's just like such a it's a hard little place I'm in right now. I don't know what to say. Um, I'm I could see Rutgers winning. I don't think that like Maryland be, ended up beating the shit out of Hopkins, but like Hopkins is bad, and there were like there was times that game where it like wasn't it was like kind of close and like they looked competitive even if it wasn't like a close game. They still looked like they belonged on the field together, which I don't think like the number three team in the country should look like that with Hopkins this year. So I know it's a rivalry game. Oh, don't even get me started with the fucking rivalry. Um, we got to talk about the rivalry after this, but yeah, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna give like Rutgers. I might sprinkle a little bit on Rutgers' money line, but I'll say that they would cover, like, a three-goal line. What do you think? It's Rutgers, what, plus 250? Yeah, probably something like that. Might as well sprinkle. Dude, I mean, they, their goalie is <laughs> good. That's the Malloy special. Might as well sprinkle. It really works. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, dude, they have, like, a ton of talent. Like, Charlotte Beatty's is fucking dirty. Cursed is dirty. Their goalie's good. Cursed as well. Like, I think that they could pull off an upset. They definitely have, like, the horses to match Maryland. It's just a matter of, like, being, a like, a stable and good team year in and year out. Like, I think that that shows in these bigger games. But regular season, like, I could see them pulling that off. All right. Well, I think they're winning by nine. You're going to do a little the Evan Malloy sprinkle. <laughs> I have um, a question for you. What do you think yeah. is the biggest rivalry in college lacrosse? Um... Like unbiased, like come like on. selfishly or like no, my actual like, answer. Like, give me your actual answer. Like before you went to Notre Dame. I, you know, it's it's impossible for me to give that answer. I always thought it was Duke UNC. Always, Dude, like that's the worst take ever. I shouldn't have asked. Like Duke UNC. We're gonna lose listeners for that. Of that. Take. <laughs> huh? What? Well, well, let me guess. What, what do you think yours is? Well, mine is Syracuse Hopkins, but I genuinely think it's Syracuse Hopkins. I just don't think the Maryland Hopkins rivalry is that big. Like that's stupid. The they're Syracuse all like Hopkins isn't even really a rivalry. That just happens to be two big time programs. Hopkins Maryland is infinity times a bigger rivalry than dude, Syracuse Hopkins. Duke UNC is a bigger rivalry than Syracuse Hopkins. Honestly, you know this is helping. Heart. This is helping my argument because of how little you've shown on the show that you know about lacrosse. Now that I now I am covered, so we know that it's not the biggest rivalry. Yeah, Evan Malloy, the former goalie of Syracuse, thinks Syracuse Hopkins. So does everybody. Which doesn't even happen every year. The reason why I don't think Maryland Hopkins is a big rivalry is because every kid on the field is like best friends. Like you can't like everybody on Syracuse hated everybody on Hopkins with like the exception of like four people. The fucking Baltimore like championship. It's like if you play at boys Latin, you're going to Maryland or Hopkins and then you're fucking playing for a crab trophy and taking an Instagram after the fucking video with like your line mate for four years at boys Latin. It's like. Just like friends playing lacrosse. There's no like intensity to it at all. It's terrible to watch. I mean, I, I think that's that's a pretty ridiculous take. If you're on Maryland and you're playing Hopkins, I don't care if it's your buddy. You're probably trying to slide high and late because you hate that song. You bought into the rivalry. You bought into the program. Just because you knew someone in high school doesn't mean that you're taking it easy. I don't know how that works for Syracuse, but that's not what we were doing. My honest to God, like I think the best the best rivalry right now is DU Notre Dame because every game ends up going into overtime. Yeah, like, that's I a good that's a good game. new age rivalry. I'll give you that. I, that's the new age. I was talking I was talking to my buddies and gave and put respect on Notre Dame Denver because I'm a mature young man and I will say that that is a good rivalry. But you are kidding yourself if you don't think Syracuse Hopkins is 
You just said it wasn't even a real rivalry. That's as real as it gets. That's I would big say Syracuse Duke is a bigger rivalry. No, dude. No. No. And granted, Hopkins I, is know, our biggest game. Has Hopkins been relevant enough to even claim that that's a big Yeah, but rivalry? it doesn't even matter. Like, we had the best team like Syracuse has had in years, and they beat us in the playoffs by one. Like, they, like it's always a good game, and they're like, it's, it's the biggest rivalry, dude. Those are always close. Maryland beats the shit out of Hopkins every fucking year. Like... Duke, yeah, and just because Syracuse sucks and can't do it doesn't mean that yeah, it's a great well, like, rivalry. It's just like that's the games are good. The longevity of the rivalry is just like it's always a good game. So that and they're both the be- they're both winningest programs from a national championships perspective. So that's the other thing. Listen, uh, if that's the hill that you want to die on, that a game that doesn't okay. even happen every year doesn't really get that much it does coverage happen every year. Really... Just not this year because it's a global pandemic. Yeah, well, if it was a real rivalry, you probably would have found a way to fit them on the schedule. Duke UNC and Maryland Hopkins are the two biggest rivalries historically in college lacrosse. Best new age one is Notre Dame-Denver, and then we can sprinkle in your bullshit like hill that you're going to die on, Syracuse-Hopkins. All right, whatever. Let's get to your favorite PLL team. Let's talk about the Atlas and their recent (laughs) roster moves. Okay, yeah. I, I, for the record, I could go, we could go about 45 minutes just discussing that. So credit to us for not. I know that I'm right, uh, though, just to finish that off. Um, yeah. Anyway, tell I'll us about Ryan Brown. For it. Ryan Brown going to the um, Water Dogs, your boy. First off, absolute bananas. Like, I, I know it was the low-hanging fruit, but to see the value difference in the Rabel trade versus the Ryan Brown trade – immediately solidified Ryan Brown as the most underrated undervalued player in the entire PLL, not only for his uh, participation last year on the Atlas and not being the marquee player, but for a first round draft pick. Are you kidding me? He's the best shooter in the world. And I don't think anybody is arguing otherwise. And the fact that he was underutilized on the Atlas and traded for, you know, pretty much a scratch off ticket. That's one of the fleeces of the century. And I feel like these trades are just bananas to me I, I i'm trying to figure out like okay if rabel is worth this and i'll use that benchmark to apply what i think it would be for ryan brown oh that's totally different if Pinnell's going for this i will use that as a benchmark to you know what this person is traded for and i feel like ever since jules came to the redwoods which was a bananas trade in itself Every trade, I use that as the new benchmark, and every trade after the most recent one completely fucking crumbles any any resemblance I had of what players are worth. So that, to me, was one of the most bananas thing I've ever seen, and I can't – if I was Ryan Brown, I'd be pissed. I'd, I'd be so fucking undervalued, and I'd be watching out for him to have a monster year this year. What was the, uh, what was the Jules trade? Do you remember off the top of your head? I – don't let me let me look it up real quick i just it was really early into the season yeah no i remember it i was just wondering if you knew off the top of your head but while you're doing that i honestly like i don't think to your point the value of ryan brown was like i don't think that was he's properly valued for just one first round pick i agree i think like on a really it's weird that he went to the water dogs too because i think on like a really good team he could be like a huge piece um but I do like that the outlets are like we talked about this on the last episode. Like all the coaches are in win now mode, and they're not really like building uh, actual like franchise for lack of a better term. Like it's that no one's really in like a GM mindset. This feels like a GM mindset. Like you're shipping off like all your you know older players or cutting all your older players, and then 
you're trading assets to gain like younger assets they're gonna they have a shit ton of picks like they're gonna have a loaded team um in a few years so like are they rebuilding for a championship like this feels like a professional league for the first time from like a transaction standpoint with with like all these trades that atlas are doing so i do appreciate that but i agree with you like it's kind of a crazy value when you see like certain guys getting traded for other guys and it's just like I don't know. It feels like coaches are just like, yeah, sure, I'll do that without like really, uh, yeah, like thinking it through. But I do like that the Atlas are kind of like rebuilding. They seem to be like in a rebuild mode. It'll be fun to watch like a ton of young players. Um, so I guess yeah. I'm so like, the, yeah. the the trade was Jules for Alec Tullett and a uh, 2024th round, um, yeah. which is a which is a bananas trade for Jules. Um, and then yeah. to, to go <laughs> off of your point, it, it's crazy to me that like. To, to your point, the Atlas have done a phenomenal job. They're absolutely dominating the offseason in a way that we've never seen. And it's pretty funny to see the difference in Atlas versus a difference in a team like the Whipsnakes, where the Whips are just cakewalking to the best roster in the PLL again. Um, so without going back in this circle jerk that we always talk about of like salary caps, GMs, unions, stuff like that, the Atlas have done a phenomenal job and huge credit to Rubior. And it's really funny to see, uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but someone was like, you know, crazy, you know, all this Atlas hate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, everybody yeah. is praising the Atlas right yeah. now. And um, I was talking with Eli and Mikey over this, uh, you know, over the weekend and we were like, shit, like, you know, this Atlas roster is going to be absolutely terrifying to play against because A, they're going to gel way better than they did this past season. And B, they're going to have a bunch of stacked talent um, and a core group of guys that's going to be able to like actually work with this young talent. And they have all the pieces. I was surprised that they went through the Ryan Brown trade. There were some rumors about like the timing of the Rabel trade and the Brown trade and stuff like that. Um, but we're not rumors. I haven't confirmed it. So we're not going <laughs> to do anything like that look at us growing up yeah <laughs> pat on the back for us um so like as far as like the timing and the value not making sense you know there's always going to be some rumors and some you know through the grapevine stuff um but as far as i'm concerned atlas is a top three team going into the 2020 se- or 2022 season well you don't even know who's on the team yet dude 2021 fuck what, what year is it <laughs> Yeah, but, no, you, but you, you know the core guys. Like, you see the protected roster. Um, and I mean, I think the draft picks are going to be the best stuff. players on the team. Maybe that's crazy to say, but, like, they're going to be up there. They have, like, a ton of draft capital in the college draft. And they're, like, probably the best college draft in just, like, the most loaded college draft because everybody had to come back for because of COVID. They have the most loaded college draft, like, ever in the history of professional lacrosse. So, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's always interesting. You can, you can make a ton of assumptions about like who actually is going to pan out and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but like to have Eric law, Cluche, Baptiste, you know, Concanon, you know, Crowley, Tinney, Romar, uh, and Brian Costabile, like those guys all working together. And I've said it before is it's a nightmare because you have Elaw off ball. You have Cluche with throwing his big barrel around. You have Romar breaking ankles. You have Costabile on the run. Um, they're already a very diverse roster. So even regardless of who they have and who they get, like I'm picking them as top three. So, yeah. All right. I'll give we you can, that. We can revisit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. We'll see if you're right. All right. Maybe, well, that's maybe yeah. you'll have your, <laughs> this is your big moment, dude. Like this is your like Stephen A. Smith, Brian Windhorst moment where you have this big call and then you hit it big. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then they're gonna fucking go zero and five. What else? Any anything we need to talk about? Um, I'm starting to get into it. Do you know uh, this whole feud I have going with the cheapies on Twitter? Yeah, what's going on with that? Why don't you? Uh, no idea. What is a cheapie? Group. Do you know what a cheapie is? So apparently it's like some guy started a podcast and this thing is like, it's called like cheap seats. So everybody calls themselves the cheapies. And like, if you go to their Twitter bios, a lot of them say cheapy and like AWL. So it seems like this rogue group of people that are really into a podcast and the cheapies are complete dickheads who just say that they love you. So like I tweeted out something about like the cheapies are a bunch of losers and everybody started chirping me like i love you you were unprotected you don't have a real job and i was like uh okay so do you love me or are you chirping me and then my twitter bio is my chipotle order so everybody was starting to chirp that and um i started engaging a little bit some of them are pretty funny but it's this weird cult of fake positivity while being dickheads um so I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, into the weeds and wrestling around with the cheapies. I think it's a very worn out bit. I got, can't imagine I stay engaged that much further, but they're persistent fuckers, dude. I tweeted that like a couple of days ago and stuff that I tweet now, there will be like five or six people saying that they love me and telling me to like Uh-oh, go fuck dude. myself. So you might've screwed yourself for a while here. Just wait for yeah. positive Friday when the cheapies get on you. Oh yeah, and then uh, there's like Cheapy Friday, which is like Positive Friday. So oh, God. it's um, Imagine it's it's stupid. So, <laughs> oh, that's all I got. Are you gonna, you gonna any, join uh... me in the battle, or are you just gonna lurk? Yeah, in maybe I'll, maybe I'll have your back. Like I feel like when we're when we're teaming up, it's a pretty good combo. Um, <laughs> as seen with Dominic Vianati, who's still dead. Uh... <laughs> Shout out the goat. Dude, uh, we got that DM about the pretzel burger, and that fucking kid was attacking me for the, hyping up the pretzel burger. That was pretty fucked up. But <laughs> other than that, I'm just I got glad nothing. he listened enough. You, you can tell he's an OG. That was like episode two, and he's yeah. still like coming coming after you. So good for that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything. Oh, actually, I do have one pretty cool thing that happened to my buddy. Um, so my buddy organized this thing called FieriCon. Um, uh, one of my best friends, <laughs> Dave Gold. So FieriCon is basically SantaCon, but you dress up like Guy Fieri and you go yep. bar hopping around the city. So Guy like reached out to him last last year and was like, I might come. But then like it was like a falling out because people thought it might not be like the best environment for him to go to, like an open bar and just like get attacked by people. So he ended yeah. up pulling out, but he was on part of my take today and they were like talking about it. So those guys and Guy all said that if it happens this year, that he'll uh, that he'll come. So. Uh, it would be pretty cool to see that, but it was That's cool to get. Sick, yeah, dude. it was cool for him to get the shout out. It's a legit website. Go to fiericon.com and check it out. There's like hilarious pictures of all of us. It's so funny to dress up for it. It's like one of the best weekends. Um, it's a really good idea. When so. is this? It's typically dude, the first one is Vice. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like the, it really got covered. Like there, we'd be like hammered, and they're like reporters like interviewing us, like asking us about this, and we're just like spewing nonsense to these people. They're like actually trying to get a story out of it, but. It's it's a fucking hilarious scene, and uh, if you are in New York City, you should come out if it does happen. I think he's gonna push to try to make something happen because of uh, the hype that it's getting on part of my take today. But it was cool to hear that. What what time is that? Like what time of year? It, it's typically October, but like now I don't know. I think yeah, it's typically like October, November around there. But now, like given it was canceled last year, maybe he'll do some sort of spring thing. He's kind of like feeling it out right now. He's talking to him today. And I'm trying to find pictures of you. 
It's impossible I like Insta- to see. I have Instagram one. Yeah, you can't even tell who's who. It's just like a bunch of idiots and Guy Fieri stuff. Dude, you get like the sleeve, those arm <laughs> sleeves with tattoos on them. Like, I've been growing out my like beard for it and then shaving a goatee. Like, it's funny. Oh, God, I love it. Um, well, beauty, keep us posted. Um, and then, yeah, let's uh, let's kick it over to the interview with Deemer. It's actually a phenomenal interview. Um, and pumped to have him on, talk a little bit, of, you know, and uh, give him a bunch of shit. And as always, this interview is brought to you by our friends at Sideline Swap. Um, go check out our lockers. I'm actually getting some stuff shipped to me um, from a storage unit that I will have up um depending on when it gets here so i'm actually going to pick up some slack here we have assigned eddie glazner defensive pull whoa um, and we're gonna have a redwoods helmet as well wow so i don't know if i should sign it if that would increase or decrease in value um <laughs> but you know yeah, uh, i always check out that. sideline swap we're a big fan of them all proceeds go to charity um my locker and um you know what i'm going to be selling on the post game locker is obviously going to go to the owls uh big fan of theirs and yeah, um, let's kick it over to Deemer. The post game is very excited to welcome our next guest. Quite the resume, three-time All-American at Duke, including a two-time first-team selection. Um, you've seen him in the PLL and the MLL on the Blaze, I believe, as well as the Chaos. Welcome to the post game, Deemer class, and a national What's champion, up, two-time national you. championship. Should have thrown that in there. It's all right. You, you can leave that one out there. No <laughs> ACC championships, that's for sure. I know, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> um, anyways, Deemer, thank you for hopping on. Let's just get right into it with uh, with the high school career. So you went to Loyola Blakefield. That is uh, a pretty tough place. What was it like having to face adversity and fight the uphill battle uh, not being on boys Latin or Gilman? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to uh, to go to BL or Gilman, unfortunately, but uh, but I was a good uh, Catholic schoolboy for the Dons, and uh, yeah, it was great. I actually had two teammates in college, Justin George and Christian Walsh, who went to Gilman and Boys Latin, and I'm just I was just really thankful that I didn't go to either of those schools <laughs> after going to school with those guys. So uh, so yeah, we we made out okay. Okay, real quick, touch on that. Why are you glad you didn't go to either one of those schools? Is it because you're a good Catholic boy and they were uh, they weren't up to your standards? The the Dons are just blue collar, <laughs> hard hitting, you know, uh, men for others, you know. So that that's why I'm proud to Don. We're gonna pull up your graduation pictures and and put that blue collar to the test. <laughs> Probably have a uh, some sort of seersucker bow tie or some <laughs> shit like that. How uh, how many Maryland flag items were in your room in high school, and how many are there right now? I think my mom's probably rotated buying me Tervis tumblers of Duke lacrosse <laughs> and Maryland flags for the past ten years, so <laughs> I could probably find those stored in some uh, some bucket somewhere, but. Yeah, you know, the, get the keychain. I, I had a flag in college. Um, all my friends from Duxbury and and uh, Connecticut would just shit on the Maryland flag for four years <laughs> of school. So. so we touched on high school a little bit, but I gotta, I have to squash some beef. Not really beef, but there's a rumor going around that you were a better high school football player than Nick. Can you confirm or deny this? I 100% can confirm that. I think I would have ran circles around Nick. <laughs> nice. Where'd slot. you play in college? Where'd you play? <laughs> I, 
I had, uh, you know, I don't know, like a offer to maybe play like Salisbury football or something. Oh, that's, so. I played at Notre Dame. That's why I asked that question. But Salisbury is <laughs> I, impressive. I, I think I saw you on the kickoff team, you know, running down, like getting your ass lit up at one point. Is that is that true? Uh, that was against Ohio State uh, in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, it, it's it. That's one of those things, Deemer, is you can criticize from the couch. Uh, you know, you were probably hung over that game. Um, I'm out there busting my ass, getting absolutely fucking steamrolled by a six, five, 250 NFL player. Um, so, you know, Nick, weren't, weren't you hung over for that game? Yes, but <laughs> yeah, give, because... give us the scoop. How many, uh, how many extra benefits did you get from being the star player on Notre Dame football that fifth year? Yeah. Yeah. The star player that got extra benefit. The best part was they just gave you food all the time. I gained 10 pounds in that summer. So they were like, what was the best part? Was it the travel? Was it the gear? And I was like, no, they just had Chick-fil-A and Einstein's every day. I never had to pay for food the entire time. Uh, Try being a college coach and basically, and humble brag on that one, by the way. I was a college coach at Air Force, but okay, go ahead. (laughs) Try being a college coach where the parent tailgates when you didn't actually play a game, you just go in and feast. Like, I think all my girls watch me you know, pick up massive plates of food and just stuff my face on every away <laughs> trip. And they're like, Jesus Christ, this kid like does not stop eating. I don't understand. <laughs> do you talk to the parents or do you literally just stand in the corner with like two plates of food scarfing? <laughs> I never could talk to the parent because you're so hungry after the games. I, I try and get in and out stuff in my plates, but you know, obviously I have, to, you know, I'm grateful and got some great yeah. on the squad, but, uh, but yeah, I'm like trying to get the Mac and cheese down and like grab cookies <laughs> and they're like, Hey, like, you know, great effort out there on the field. And I'm like, shit, like uh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> the third line middies trying parents are trying to talk to you about what she needs to do to get it, break the lineup. And you're just shoving your face in the Mac and cheese. <laughs> I can't just, you know, I'm trying to, figure out all the treats and then stuff my bag for later. So yeah, you know, she's doing really good if she keeps training. <laughs> Sounded like Kenny. Oh. Um all right, well let's let's actually ask a serious question about the high school. So MIAA obviously is, you know, different. You wouldn't have lasted a second on the Wheat Ridge farmers. You would have been J V as a senior. <laughs> but we're not gonna get into that. Who was the best high school lacrosse player you ever saw in person? Was there one person that just stood above the rest? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say before I got to high school, I would say Steel Stanwick. And that was just like, I remember being in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> he was the reason why I, I went to Loyola. Like he was basically like that guy. And I was like, and he dominated, you know, for for his high school career. I would say when I was actually in high school, I'm trying to think. Me. <laughs> I feel like I remember like watching like ManhassettLax.com highlights of like Bobby Duvignac's running around and like Ryan Matthews. And then there, there's this kid in sweatpants in the cage, like making one kick save against St. Paul's. And I'm like, St. Paul. <laughs> so, so it is me or are we going to just roll with that? Uh, we'll, we'll roll with that. I'll give that to you. God, that's such a brutal answer. Um, <laughs> So, so tell me a little bit and we can talk football shop here for a second. Um, so it said, you, you mentioned that you got looked at by Salisbury. Just walk me briefly through your high school football career. And then we can just start, you know, like humble bragging and circle jerking back and forth about high school football for five minutes is all I ask. And then we can drop it forever. 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll humble brag a little bit. I I was a two-way starter my sophomore year. Um, and how good was the year. team? Like, talk to me about, like, how big was the team? I know, you know, all that stuff. Every year that I, like, increased in playing time and seniority, our team went on a decline from when I started. <laughs> so I don't know if that's <laughs> you know, a correlation or just a coincidence, but Loyola was undefeated my freshman year, and I was on JV, and then – we had a brutal couple of years, but all right, um, rough start. But yeah, MIAA so, football is big, though. Now, like it's, you probably have a couple of like SEC, ACC recruits a year, right? Yeah, when when we play, we're not on our team. We had a couple guys play at like Bryant and UConn, um, but we played against Calvert Hall, Gilman, Dematha. Like we played against some really good teams, and those teams usually, you know, brought it to us pretty good, but. Definitely had some, you know, some good plays over the time. So yeah, I started for three years. My best game was probably junior year against Amatha. Um, and then I, I kind of wish I like explored it more. Like I got some interest from like Towson, Princeton, Cornell, but never really entertained it for lacrosse. So, um, but that was, those out. are the glory days. <laughs> Were you uh were you getting looks like from Princeton and Cornell with lacrosse too? Like was there ever a school that was like both athletic departments were talking to you? Yeah, Princeton was both. Like they would have they would have let me play both. And I, I wasn't really that open to it. Like I didn't like the idea of of not having a, a social life year. Dude, round. that sounds like it uh, sucks when people tell me that. Like I want to play two sports. I'm like, that sounds like it's gonna suck. <laughs> it really didn't sound like that appealing. It's not um, too bad, guys. You did one a season, though. You played it one a season, you <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> don't don't yeah. mention that. Don't mention that. Anyways, Deemer, back to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I That was really the only one that entertained it. I think um, I got, like, a phone call from Delaware, like, and then after that, like, I just really didn't um, didn't really keep any talks going. But Princeton would have been the main one. Were you a uh, like receiver and cornerback? Like, what were you getting recruited as? Yeah, I would. I think it would have been cornerback, um, probably in the secondary. But um, you know, I think I was better as a slot. Like, I think I have pretty good hands, so like, I think I would have done well there and like my route running and stuff. So. I would have um, deed your ass up, dude. Are you kidding me? We might have to get you guys running routes. <laughs> dude, I would I'm, run routes against you this I'm summer game, for sure. As that long as I can get a turn running routes too. Well, and you know, uh, you know my buddy Max McCaffrey too, because he beat the shit out of me in the state championship when I was a senior. Um, so I always thought that was funny where it's like, you know, oh, all these Duke pieces of shit. And I still hate Duke to this day, but I'm like, Ooh, you know, like Jamie, I is my best friend, Greg Rhodes. I actually don't hate Deemer as much as I used to. Max <laughs> McCaffrey's a good guy. And like, you know, my sister went there and every increasing person that I meet, I'm like, fuck, I, I got to keep this hate for Duke in my heart, but it's, it's pretty difficult. Were you, uh, actually, you know, what? we'll, we'll transition into the, uh, into the Duke phase right now. Um, good job, Nick. Good segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you... What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys, do you guys feel like you ever like um, someone's like taken over the show and the other guys just kind of left out? Because I feel like that's what's happening with Evan right now. All right, I'm. You know what, Evan, take it over. I'm gonna well, go. I, I thought Nick was gonna tie that back. I actually wanted to ask you about: Is Greg Pike in the NFL? Um, I think Greg was on a roster. I don't know if he's still playing or not, but um, Greg was our year and. 
he was like the guy that was always like good at lacrosse earlier on. And then he just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Dude, he was good. And all of a sudden he's starting at Georgia. <laughs> so it's fucking like, holy shit, Greg. Like the guy's like six, seven, like 350 pounds. Yeah, he was he was an animal. He was like really good when we were in high school. I remember like he had great hands and he was fucking massive, like you said. I've kind of like never seen anything like that, to be honest. He had great hands and he had good feet. Like he like was kind of yeah, like, like ma- massive ballerina around the crease. Like and everyone, Ty Zanders would just pump his tires more than <laughs> anyone I've ever seen. It was like Greg Pike plays for Crabs Lacrosse and Boys Latin must be the next best attackman. <laughs> he was trying to get him to play football at Alabama. <laughs> There's probably some recruiting violations going on there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Nick had a smooth transition into the uh, Duke. No, I'm time. good. You you got it. Take it. Take it away, Anna. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to jump into like your playing career. Like obviously, your freshman year, you guys won the national championship, and um, both you and and Miles were both like pretty big contributors on that team. Kind of just like walk through that year. It's you know your first taste of college, but also you guys are playing really well, and you're playing well personally. What was that year like? And just you know, like run us through winning a national championship right when you step on campus. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the year in general was, it, it kind of flew by. Like I, I remember it, it was definitely like a tougher transition, just getting used to college. And uh, we had a lot of like, we had a big senior class and like some, some of the dudes were just really intimidating to start out like Dave Lawson and guys like that. But um, you know, and we started out two and four and it was like, Holy shit. Like, we suck. Classic and Duke. We, Duke we were Gambit. Before, like day before Maryland, we lost like 16 to five, like day before we're like kicked off the field, um, <laughs> like couldn't catch and throw. We get our asses kicked. Like we go to Penn and it's like 30 degrees and freezing in that stupid Franklin field, just like <laughs> huge, massive. Like I didn't even know they played football at Penn and it's like this huge football stadium and we lost like nine to seven worst game ever like (laughs) locker room and i was like man like i thought we were gonna be good this year (laughs) and then we like we like we won like four games in 10 days over spring break and it was just like the like a pretty cool feeling and then we just went on a run till we you know blew it in the acc tournament and then we uh bounced back were you rattled during that game because I was on the sidelines in the jumpsuit in the national championship, and you took the ring off my, my fat finger um, <laughs> when you guys came back and beat us. But were you guys rattled when we were kicking the shit out of you in the first quarter? Yeah, it was like five to one, and it was kind of like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I just remember Coach D brought us in, and basically it was just like, hey, like, chill out, relax, like, you know, play loose. And then Fowler just won every face yeah. off for the game. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and like Jordy Lawson Offit just like had some really sick plays to Was this twenty fourteen? Was this a year you beat us in this was twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. You beat us in the quarters that year, right? Yeah, we played what in Colt Stadium. Yeah, in Indianapolis. Cool. That was kind of a yeah. sick location, but I hated that game. I felt like like anytime you lose, you at least want it to be an exciting game. I felt like that was kind of like a, a weirdly close but boring one. And who was it? Was it Dion that scored with like one second left in the third quarter? Who was the guy that just always scored with like no time left? 
Yeah, I think that was I think that was Dion. He probably caught and caught and shot one like on the crease or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It was like Duke Syracuse national championship. I was like, when the hell was this? Cause as soon as you lose, I didn't fucking watch any, any <laughs> game, like, you know, get right into summer workouts and I just go start boozing. So um, <laughs> yeah, congrats dude, on taking brutal. a ring off of Evan's finger. Though. Yeah. Like, you know, that's bonus points for you. And obviously yeah, I was at Syracuse, like, Oh, I'm going to the final four every, every year, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Never went back. Uh, that was fun though. It was fun going that one time. I was like, we, they didn't let us on the field because red shirts weren't allowed on the field. So we weren't allowed in the locker room, like anything like that. So me and like a few other freshmen actually like tailgated the national championship. Then we're just in the first row. And then for the second half, they let us on the field. So I was like pretty hammered on the sidelines, just watching like Jordan Wolf shit on us. <laughs> I mean, you guys had a, always had a big team, right? Like 50, 60 yeah. guys. My whole class redshirted besides like two guys. Damn. So, all right. We'll jump into your sophomore year. Uh, don't want to pump your tires off too much because I know this was your big year. But the one question I want to know is what national championship did you enjoy more, freshman or sophomore year? I, Season I say, and post-game. Post <laughs> I would say, um, say post-game, the first one. Um, we actually, after the second one, the day after, like five of us went – uh, and flew right to Italy for a month abroad. And we took a class abroad um, with like Dalton, like Fairfield guys, stuff like oh, that. It was like, yeah, it wasn't Duke guys. It was like a couple Duke guys, a couple Fairfield. So that was like, your that 14 was... championship that you did that? Yeah, that was 14. We were in Italy back, too. Came back and then went to Vail and we'll get to that. that was <laughs> oh. oh, boy, will we? We'll come back to that one. But, uh, but yeah, I would say the actual championship, like I, I would say the second one, because I felt like it was just, you know, getting the start, you know, all year and kind of like, again, like uh, Walsh, Miles and I, like we felt like we were pretty underrated, overlooked early in the season. And then to be like a bigger part, bigger contributor was exciting. Um, it was just like, I think, I think we started off ranked like first or second maybe. And then to just basically like, you know, go through, have a, cu a couple losses, but that was just a cool season. And to finish it off in Baltimore meant a lot, like played at Raven stadium. So yeah, yeah, yeah we, we were under, yeah, we were <laughs> underrated when we lost the air force in February <laughs> as the number one preseason team. Fuck tough, <laughs> tough, tough go there. I remember that uh, that game too um, because I like I remember being stuck on defense one time and I was like okay so Jordan Wolf is dodging and then I'm supposed to play like this weird fucking like umbrella slash there's like a two man game going on like three separate times and it's with Deemer Miles Jones <laughs> Christian Walsh Jordan Wolf and two other whoever like you don't even need anybody else out there <laughs> and my head was on a fucking wheel and you guys scored and coach burn yelled at me and he was like what did you see out there and i didn't even know how to begin to talk about it i was like i everybody was open and i almost cried and shit my pants coach <laughs> so congratulations like that, that offense was that offense was basically born out of trying to to beat your guys defense <laughs> Well, congrats. Uh, well, it worked on us too, so good on you. <laughs> <laughs> we actually tried to go into zone against Duke that year, and Deemer had like 17 goals. <laughs> I think Deemer and Miles combined for 17 goals against us. So that was smart. <laughs> Carcaterra's calling the game like, man, this is a tough one as a Q yeah. alum here. 
You guys didn't beat us bad enough for me to get in, though. I remember just freezing my dick off on the sidelines. Like, I, am I going to get in against Duke? And just never, like, I think Desco actually looked me up and down and was like, nah, like, we don't need to let in anymore. Uh, <laughs> I actually, I don't like when goalies switch during a game. Like, I'd rather the same goalies stay in because once they switch, it's just like, I just feel like it throws off the juju as a shooter. So what's your excuse for when we played against each other and I stayed in the whole game, but you didn't score after taking 10 shots? I ha- I have none. That was fucking brutal. That was definitely my worst shooting performance. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. You- it wasn't the goalie performance. It was the shooting performance. I yeah, love right. Control the narrative. It's de- definitely not the goalie. I'm I'm never really uh, giving goalies too much credit. That's for sure. Got it. All right. Good to know. Um, <laughs> would you trade your any of your national championship rings for the ACC championship? Uh, I think I'm all set on that, even though it hurt them. <laughs> wow. Wow. Selfish, right, man. actually. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to keep drilling on that, though, then, to make you change your answer there. Yeah, for sure. You can keep bringing that up. So you, you went 0 for 10 on him. Did you score on Evan at any other point in your career? I, no. I mean, nope. Evan, I don't know if were you That was the only it? game we played because I wasn't the starter in the first game. And Demer had, was, like, was, eight uh, goals. Who was it my junior <laughs> year? Was that Wardwell? Yeah. Yeah. Our junior, junior year was no, no, no. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Cause I redshirted. Yeah. <laughs> Your junior year was Wardwell, who was God, really good. Evan, I wish you were better so we could have a bigger sample size there. I know um, it sucks, dude, but it's good for me because if I play well in one game, then like I can just brag about it the whole time and they can't do anything about it. Deemer probably would have scored on me if we played twice. True. <laughs> True. Yeah. Quit so while you're the ahead. While yeah, we're on so the topic of, of Syracuse. Deemer, I need to ask about something. So in that game in March, when I wasn't playing, you you were playing very well, but you did some sort of celebration, and we're definitely gonna post the the video of it. What the fuck was that dance? Like, can you walk <laughs> us through what that was and why you did that? Oh, this this joke is finally coming out mainstream because you guys are a huge fucking pod now and <laughs> hell yeah been like inside joke with my friends since that happened and i honestly have no idea and my buddies like jack bruckner and seamus and guys like they have held that over my head for the last <laughs> four seasons i think i think i was trying to put out a fire or like there was a little fire going and i was oh, fucking gotcha. around and i look like the biggest idiot i've ever <laughs> I thought you were going to say that it's some inside joke and it's like how someone's dancing at the bar or something, but you just lost all control of your body. (laughs) I wish I literally just, you know, thought I was doing something cool. And I looking back at it when I checked the film, it was the very opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'll I'll always give Tim Barber credit when we did play in that ACC game, he scored a goal and like tried to imitate you. It's such a funny Sally, like only people who knew like what he was doing, like got it, but it was so fucking funny. (laughs) <laughs> well, that was like, I feel like at that time, like Instagram and things like that were like just becoming like, you know, like a couple gifts and things like that were just becoming big. And like, I feel like anything that happens now, like that stuff's like blown up like yeah. way out of proportion. And like Barstool Geordie's trying to blow it up. And then like Marcelo's <laughs> chiming in, making some church <laughs> come on. So, um, but yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a tough one. I've actually had players that I coached. Like some of my guys, like they'll like, they'll set, they'll like send me that. And I'm just like, do you guys think this is cool? Because this is not cool. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's like, what would you rather be known for? And and the nice thing is, is you have two national championships to fall back on. That's better to be known for than, you know, some dumbass John Wall gift. That's actually, I'm kind of jealous of. Um, Dude, that was the best thing I ever did. I, if I didn't I do that in the agree. only time, if I didn't do that in the only time I ever like was posted on Twitter was me just getting fucking scored on. Uh, it'd be the worst thing ever. So the John Wall dance, like, I don't know. I don't yeah, care what people think about it. That's coming from me as a yeah. hater. Just I so think you know. that's I think that's swag. Like I'm not I don't want to pump your tires, but like every time I see that, I'm like, it's pretty funny. Like it always makes me laugh. Yeah, like it was good. I saw my dance on a GIF, and that kept popping up. <laughs> I would probably like want to delete my Twitter account. And uh, <laughs> what I won't do is I will not post a picture of our championship ring and tag you guys in that if you guys post it. So don't worry. I'm not gonna try. <laughs> Dude, you're not going to stop us yeah. from posting the dance. I've seen that one too many times over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take it easy on you, Deemer, with your two fucking national championships. Yeah. feel really bad that you had a stupid celebration when the camera was panning in on me crying after we lost to Denver. But, yeah, your dance was stupid. God damn. <laughs> so now that you guys are beefing – Let's get – I'll kick it over to you, Nick, actually, because I want to hear it from you first. But uh, let's plug. get into this Vale 2014 <laughs> rumble. Okay, so so the legend of Vale 2014 starts with Duke beating us in the national championship that year. And we all went over to Italy and just were the obnoxious assholes. We came back, and it was – I mean – you know, you know, college coaches are sending you workout packets, which you kind of flush down the toilet and drink and do biceps. And then we show up in Vail. And of course, like classic Deemer and his crew of buddies, it was like Deemer, Romar, Dennis, Goran, Murray, like the, the unbelievable team. And we put together, I wasn't invited to that team. So we just put together the little scrap show, mostly Denver guys. Um, and you know, we're just playing in Vail and getting drunk, but Deemer and I ran into each other on one particularly drunk night. And Deemer, I'm going to kick it over to you because I, I don't think I've ever actually broken it down with you. I want your thoughts before I tell you what was going on on my end about <laughs> our confrontation. I just feel like I walk into this bar and I got Brownie there, Crawley's there, like we're having a good time. And then I just feel like these laser eyes, like this kid... <laughs> With no hair, it's just. <laughs> I had, I had hair then, kind of. <laughs> just staring at me, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like this kid has a problem, <laughs> and I'm like, "Is that? Is that? Yeah, that's that's Nick Ocello." And then I just remember, like, pretty quickly, like you just walked right up, and you're like, "Hey, you want to go outside and fight?" And I was like, "Fuck!" Like this kid's huge, probably played football in high school, like. <laughs> uh, might, might take his fifth year for Notre Dame. Like that's what all the recruiting scouts are projecting, but I don't <laughs> okay. know if I want to get into it. And I'm like, so I'm like looking for Gunner Wall. I'm like, Gunner, like, I need you to help me fuck this kid up. Like, am I going to go out and fight? Like, I don't think so, but like, I'm like shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then eventually like we, I just kind of simmer down and, you know, go to the back bar and I don't know what you did. <laughs> Dude, so I, I I actually don't know. We might have broken it down once, but the the way that whole thing started was because of two people. It was it was Matt Landis and uh, and Tanner Ottenbright. Matt Landis obviously the pole for DU, and Tanner was a kid from Denver that played at uh, UVA. 
and we were all just getting smoked and and they knew I was a guy that was pretty easy to get riled up at that point of, of matured sense. And, uh, and they were all at the bar and they just loved kind of just poking, you know, just antagonizing. And they were like, dude, like Nick, like that's fucking Deemer class over there. He just beat you in the national championship and you're really not going to go over there and fight him. Like what the fuck, dude? Like I miss the old Nick. I, the old Nick would have gone over and confronted him. And it went on for like five minutes. At first I was like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're trying to do. And then after five minutes, I was like, yeah, you know, he's over there just drinking like an asshole. I'm going to go over and confront him. <laughs> and so I go over and I think like I knocked the beer out of your hand and I was like, yo, like let's yeah. step out and fight. And you go like, um, excuse me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I knocked the beer out of your hand and you just give me like the most confused look. Like, why, like, why are you doing this? And as soon as you gave me the confused look and didn't try to fight me, I knew I was the biggest like piece of shit asshole. And as far as what I did after that, I didn't even try to salvage the night. I just like walked out of the bar. I think I left my card there and went back to where I was staying and like went to bed. So I, I, you know what, here's the formal public apology for trying to fight you in Vail at like the red lion, uh, in 2014, <laughs> but what an approach. They got me so fired up that I was like, I'm going to go kick the shit out of Deemer. Oh, I, ending don't the point the finger. Home. Don't point the finger. It was you. It's just, it's funny that that, that was your response to my response, because I remember after that, like, I felt like you know, the biggest bitch, I was like, should I have like fought him back? Like, he's like getting in my face. No. Like, and, <laughs> and I, I remember like, I was like talking shit about Nick for like the whole rest of the like, this kid's trying to like fight me. Like what a tool. Like, and I, I, and I was like, this is like brutal. And I was like, fuck that kid. And then, <laughs> and then like years later, like, you know, I'm like playing with glaze. I don't know how I got, connected with you nick we like ended up talking and then i'm like oh like it's not a bad guy here even though he went to notre dame and tried to fight me at Vale. <laughs> oh it was such a brutal night and i went around like the rest of the tournament and you know the, the rumors spread they were like yo did you fight deemer and i'm like well i didn't want to say yeah i just went over and like pretty much harassed him and then left the bar <laughs> So I was like, yeah, you know, I fuck, I, he, he didn't want the smoke, you know, I yeah, tried to fight him, but, and then it, that, it was about three days of that. And then they're like, what's the actual story? And I'm like, I'm, I was just kind of being a piece of shit. So that's, that's the whole Deemer Nick saga was Nick got a little too hot one night and went over and spilled his beer. Like, and people still like, if they don't know us or me personally, they'll be like, yo, I heard you and Deemer got in like this huge bar fight in Vail. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I think, I think that story made the rounds and everybody added. Yeah. Like Nick knocked Deemer out, but Deemer got up and like got him in a, ch I've heard some crazy shit about Dude, the what? dumbest interaction. Yeah. And then that Deemer whipped his ring out at the bar and was like being a D bag. <laughs> Nick had the Duke D on his forehead after Deemer knocked his ass out. Yeah, Deemer like, whipped the so ring out and cold cocked him. That that I think that's always like the worst stuff is when someone like gives someone shit and then like they like whip out something like that and it's like dude that was just so awkward. What are your thoughts on Luke Dupree? Um, speaking of, 
Luke was a wild man when I was at Duke and he was like, honestly, like he was one of the guys, like you wanted him on your team. Like he was just like, like he was just like that bad man, like long stick midi. And I was like, I always thought there was a guy on the other team that he was going to knock out almost every game. Well, there, so, uh, the reason I asked that is because I remember, I, I don't know, I think it was MLL like rookie or second year. And we were playing in a scrimmage, preseason scrimmage, and like I chirped him, and he and he pulled his penny aside to show his tattoo of the Duke D with like two crowns on it. I was like, you know, two fucking national championships, bitch. And I was like, bro, come on, like that's he didn't like, even play in one of them, the didn't he? Wasn't he hurt for one of them? <laughs> I guess he's on the team. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, it, it's so easy for me to call someone else a douchebag for something exactly I would have done. No, but I, I, ju I just I was curious say, if like you liked him or if he was a good dude. Yeah, he so he was my sophomore uh, road roommate, and uh, he always took great care of me. And I will say, like, he tore his ACL in April against UVA on probably like one of the most blindside cheap shots I've seen, and freaking was running around in the final four against like covering jeremy noble oh, he played and other people with the torn acl a month later month and a half later <laughs> like it was the craziest thing i've seen way to go nick you're just hating on this kid he's a great guy and, and played his guts out for the national championship i'll never <laughs> i'll never in my life admit that he's a good guy so <laughs> there's that and uh and yeah never said he was a freak and by the way that cheap shot i thought that that was a concussion when it first happened i remember exactly that because yeah, we were all hooting and hollering in the locker room watching it and then you know it's like ah fuck like you never like to see someone get uh like get hurt but that initial hit it was like someone coming out of the box and he just didn't see it coming right yeah he was like running up the sideline and like i don't know if it was a late sub or what it was and lasicki came out of the box and just like cold cocked him and i guess like his knee hit the side of his or something like it was, Ugh. he was like, he was like limp because he, you know, you're not, when you're not bracing for a hit, like brutal. Yeah. True. Well, uh, you know, you guys were always my least favorite to play against you, but Denver, especially cause they would just do the Baptiste wins it. And then it's a five minute possession. <laughs> Did you have a least favorite player slash team to go against in your college career? least favorite i mean i would say like i would say it was you guys yes. honestly like i i loved playing unc uva because i felt like they were fast paced like you know syracuse like running gun games like i felt like with you guys it was always just these like grind them out battles like they didn't like as fuck is what he's trying to say but be nice <laughs> it was just like and we like the games we had with you guys were so polarizing like i remember like it was like our first game of my college career. Cav sticks like five goals. It's snowing in Durham. Like we just get dominated. Like, and I was, it just, it was always really frustrating. Like I remember like my junior year playing against you guys. Like it was, it was tough. Well, um, I always hated it. Cause if it was regular season, I'm like, all right, fuck. We're probably going to either beat the shit out of them or beat them by one. And it, it, I swear to God, as soon as we saw we would get you as a draw in the playoffs, we'd be like, oh, fuck, like, all right, let's try to, like, you know, make it a one-goal game late in the fourth, and then, you know, Jordan Wolf will just do something completely stupid. And anytime we got you as a draw in the playoffs, like, I'll never admit that we would, you know, 
be really, really concerned, but it was the only team that we'd be like, oh, fuck. Any other team, you know, Virginia, Maryland, whoever, were like, okay, let's go kick the shit out of them. Duke, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, whatever. I felt, I just felt like uh, when we played you guys, like the weeks leading up to practice, like for practice, were just like so like intense and like everything had to be like perfect because you were like, make a move and then you try and feed it and it was never open and like it was just turn like when the games were bad it was like turnover after turnover after turnover and i was like man like this weather in south bend sucks and we're getting smoked and, <laughs> and we're in the middle of indiana and <laughs> i was yeah. actually talking i was talking about that the other day with some of my buddies from school um it's funny that you'll have rivalries like within your conference, but then you'll have teams that you play in your conference and the games are never good. Like we've had like maybe two good Duke games, but typically you guys either just beat the shit out of us or we beat the shit out of you. And there was never like maybe that like one ACC game that was cool. But like other than that, it's like getting blown out and you just want to fucking go home. Yeah. The one we played at the carrier dome was like, everyone was like, it's so sick playing in the dome. And I'm like, screw that place. I never want to go back. Like that was was miserable. Like you guys are playing like ACDC and like screamo music (laughs) on the warm up, And like, we get out there and we can't even catch and throw. And like, it's just like, wow, like this, are we like the worst Duke team to ever play? Like, right. Maybe. And then my memory is freezing my ass off while you guys beat us 21, 10 at, uh, down in Durham so it's like there's literally just not a good game but it's two of like the best teams yeah it's like it, they're like good enough to like basically like feel really good about one and then feel <laughs> really good about the, the feel really bad about the other and then they just wash out exactly um I, we've been talking for a pretty long time but I'd be remiss if we didn't discuss the Duke nightlife um tell us a little bit about shooters uh probably the best bar I've ever been to mm. and <laughs> Maybe that's me being a home homer home team, um, <laughs> but great Western theme. Kim K- Kim Cates is the best. Always t- took great care of us, and uh, yeah, I mean, I can't I can't say enough great things about it. Give us the uh, who's like the shooters all star. Like who should have their picture on the wall? <laughs> I would say Jack Bruckner for sure. <laughs> Let's <Hello>. go, <laughs> dude. It's funny that you say that because we had. Justin Gutterding on the podcast, but we lost the audio and he said the same thing. <laughs> Dude, so. Bruckner was a total weapon and you never knew what you were going to get. And uh, he he was always a good time there for sure. And also speaking of Gutty, I remember Gutty's freshman year. Um, I just remember like some of the UNC guys came to the bar and that was like a big no-no. Like we go to Chapel Hill and like we could go to some of those bars but like those guys do not like they're not coming to shooters like no <laughs> dice like that's not going well um and uh and so i remember like him and luke goldstock were like getting in this beef and they were both like battling for acc freshman rookie attackman <laughs> of the year and they're like they're they're probably yelling at each other like oh i scored more goals the last time i played like garden city in high school and like blah 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 <laughs> And like, they're like getting held back, you know, like freshman year. And I, I'm just like, you know, making a bunch of hyperboles, but it was like, I just remember beef and I was like, Oh, gutty. Like you're going to fight this kid. Probably not. <laughs> Dude. It's funny you say that. Cause he told us a story. I mean, actually we're probably going to have him on, so I'm not going to ruin the story, but he did tell us a little UNC Duke riff story about shooters. <laughs> yeah. 
no, it, it was always funny. Like it was like, if, if like any of the UNC women's, you know, teams came, it was like, you know, welcome and like no big deal. And like, obviously if the guys lacrosse team came, like, you know, we're, we're telling Kim to not let them in. <laughs> As you should. I, I always wanted to go out at Duke cause I, I would like hear about shooters. And I feel like if we walked into the bar and you came up, you'd be like, get the fuck out. I'd just be like, can, can we please just have one night on like a decent bar with, with a cool <laughs> campus? Like, can you just give us this? We're going back to like, Indiana. Okay, so, so I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this, but obviously it's the post game. So you can, but like, did you guys go out at UVA? Like, I felt like, I felt like one of the years, like Notre Dame, cause you guys always stayed. Cause you had like weird flight schedules. I felt like you guys were trying to go to shooters. Felt like I heard that. And then like, I, I was like, I was like, the last thing I'd want to do is like hang out with the UVA guys after playing them in, in lacrosse. Well, that's what I never understood. So, so there was like, uh, you know, like some guys would go out, obviously they would have like high school buddies on the team, but I, you know, rarely had high school buddies. I never understood going out with the team that either just beat you or that you just beat and we're talking shit, especially that night. And Absolutely. that's like why you'll see like, you know, still fights to this day after PLL games and shit. But I, we would always just end up drinking in the hotel room. Like I'll just, I'll take a night with the boys, a night off and we're going to be hungover and sleeping on the plane tomorrow. But yeah, there was always like a little group that wherever we were, somebody knew somebody and they'd go and, you know, ranging from UVA going to get hammered or like Jacksonville, just literally going to get like fish tacos and a beer. Um, but I don't know how it was at Duke or Syracuse, but there was always like a couple guys that would do that. For some reason, whenever I feel like we played UVA on a Friday night and we actually stayed over the night, like after the game and then we'd fly back in the morning. So like going out at, when we went down to UVA was a thing. I never did it, but I like, I was <laughs> nice texting, fuck, I, uh, I was texting, uh, no, I really, I didn't do it because like some guys had buddies and we would like go out in like pockets, but they weren't like hanging out a ton. So it's not like. Like I would have gone with somebody and then like eventually like bumped into Dan Marino or something. But I was like texting Marino and he was like doing something else than what this other group was. So it wasn't like the Syracuse team going to hang out with the Virginia team. Like the, when we went down there, the Virginia guys like weren't all hanging out. So it was kind of like a weird dynamic. But like, yeah, like four or five guys definitely went out that night. I miss Marino. Marino's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, he is. I haven't seen him in a while either. Pretty <laughs> well. We've spent 500 years talking about uh, talking about college. Let's let's get back to my original idea of transitioning to the post college. Um, <laughs> so you actually walked away from a really good job to to start a lacrosse business. Is that correct? Yes, it is. What uh, what job was it? Uh, I was doing sales and trading at Barclays. I was in uh, credit sales. Nice. Did you want to Did you want to do uh, credit sales at Barclays growing up or did you want to be a lacrosse player uh I mean honestly I wanted to be a NFL quarterback and that didn't pan out because I stopped <laughs> too, growing because you didn't go to Princeton dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah I could have uh gone the Princeton route and then tried to be a quarterback from Princeton but uh I honestly I didn't know fi what finance was till sophomore year of college um and uh I just I wanted to be in New York because a lot of Duke guys were in New York. And I was like, all right, like, let me just try to get one of these jobs because all my buddies are going to be there. Um, and then it just like, wasn't really, I mean, I learned a lot. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the experience at all, but I, I didn't want to basically finish my lacrosse career. Like, you know, getting benched after having zero points in three games for the Charlotte Hounds. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to take a chance and, uh, <laughs> 
and, and try and go full-time lacrosse. And I thought like the training thing was starting to, uh, starting to grow for sure and, and not do the club route. So yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, you know, tough decision, but thought about it a lot and then just went after it. Would you sneak out during lunch to play wall ball in Manhattan? <laughs> There's rumors that you would do that. <laughs> there was a few times that not during lunch, but I would have to find like a random wall at like 7 PM in New York city. And like, like I always <laughs> see like those videos of perk, like shooting in New York city. And I'm like, yeah, what shirtless with like a sky skyline. I know exactly I like, where he is. is <laughs> I would wake up and it was dark out and then I would get out of the office and it was dark. I was like, I don't know what fields you're shooting at like during the day in New York city. Cause I couldn't find those, but, uh, <laughs> But basically, like, yeah, it was just I was grabbing uh, lunch for my boss every single day uh, during lunchtime. And so that was uh, <laughs> that was what I was doing. <laughs> so, Living dude, why, I, I don't want to jump around like too much, but kind of a good transition just into like first class lacrosse. Like, why don't you just walk us through, you know, I mean, it's way bigger now than it was when you started it. But just like what gave you the idea and kind of how that all came together? Yeah, so I, I actually, right out of school, um, I started RBDC lacrosse with Ryan Brown. So we were just doing shooting clinics, you know, that that was probably for a year and a half. And, and when I went full-time lacrosse, I just kind of took that and grew that. Um, I started FCL when I took the job out at USC and moved out to California. Um, but, but yeah, like it was, um, it was basically like, I just felt like in high school, I didn't have any training. And then when I graduated, I started working with a shooting coach in Baltimore and he helped me a lot through college. Um, and then basically I was like, Hey, like, I think like small group training is something that could be really impactful for kids outside of playing games. And so, um, you know, I started doing that and then I would, you know, take a couple of months between each city. I did like 25 States in a year, my first year, full time, um, did like 40 or 45 cities. Um, and then from there I was like, you know, I want to be able to, you know, work with kids and reach kids in between the times that I'm there. So that's when I started doing like online training and videos and webinars. And, and that's obviously, um, you know, been something that's been, you know, more and more, um, you know, with COVID over the last year yeah. or so. Dude, you you're really good at the, like the media part of it, you know, like your videos look legit and your socials pretty legit. Did you like, do you use like a ton of applications for that? Or like, did you have to like, I mean, look a ton of shit up and try to learn? Like, are you like fully self-taught? I, I still can't do shit on Adobe and there's other things that like I can't do. And I wish I spent the time up front learning it. Um, and now it's like a little hard for me to do that, but, um, I've just been lucky to basically find, um, some great like guys and girls who are like able to do it and, you know, know their way around it to help me make the content that I want. Like I've always had like the vision for what I want it to look like. Right. And then as I've done more and more, like it's just grown and got better. Uh, so it's, it's kind of just been like bootstrapped the whole time. Like there was never like the final product. It was always just little by little, you know, we did stuff with sideline swap to start off. They had a mm -hmm. great content guy and classic, um, Sideline swap, sponsor of the pod, sponsor of the pod. Sponsor of the pod, sideline swap. I saw that. Plug, plug. Is it a, like a charity giveaway type of yeah, thing? Yeah, you yes, better sir. get involved <laughs> as a guest. See what I can do. I, I'll see what Duke stuff I can uh, dig up. Yeah, let's do it. 
What's uh what's better, your video production for actual lacrosse or our bullshit memes? What would you say? <laughs> Dude, the funny thing about that is that <laughs> I said to McMahon, I wanted Malloy to try and make memes for FCL. Like yeah, no way. But that's because- the thing, Deemer, is you should you should reach out to our producer, Tyler Martin, who I know I know you know. Did you not play club with him? We did play club. I, I love Martian. Yeah. So he like for the post game is his idea, by the way, like full credit to him. But basically Nick and I are like, make this shit. Like it's going to be funny. And he, <laughs> he th- throws it all together and he, he's funny yeah. too, but we, we it's pretty much some, it. Uh, <laughs> some, we're uh, funny. sponsored, yeah. some sponsored post game content on FCL. Oh, but yeah, if you, if you need me to come on as a, uh, you know, art director, I'm, I'm more than happy to. Some of those accounts always crack me up with like the, the parents on the sideline or the lax dad, like, you know, starter pack like that, that <laughs> shit really makes me laugh. Yeah. I've seen you do some of them. You, you, you've got it going on. They're pretty funny. I try to, I, I try and outsource that to Morrison because he's my, <laughs> uh, he's my anonymous Twitter plug. Who's just throwing out great chirps. I sent him your way. Uh, so I, I know I sent him your account a he's, while ago. He's great on Twitter. He's funny. Like these guys would get along. Like he, he needs more attention on yeah. that. He's a, he's, I think he might be a loyal listener to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure he is. He's probably got to find something to get away from his, uh, you know, finance job at times. Yeah. <laughs> is there going to be a, an FCL and this, this would be more for me. Is there going to be an FCL breakdown on possession shots? I really think I could bring something to the table there. I, I think we should put that in the content queue for sure. <laughs> All right. Perfect. We'll go at, you know, I had five shots and I went Oh, for five. Honestly, people are saying that it's because I'm so humble. I don't want to try and get clout scoring all the goals, which is a difference between you and me, but um, we might have to do that. And why haven't you asked Evan to be uh, an FCL goalie breakdown? Yeah. Why are there no first class goalies? I feel like you need to be an ACC starter for at least one more than one season. (laughs) to be One and a half. One and a half, half, dude. You just ate your words. No, no. You were like three quarters total. Dude, one and a half, 2016 and 2017. We could make divisions and we could do like first class, second class, third class, and we could kind of pump (laughs) you. How many years do how many years do you want to play in college? Okay, you want to play one and a half, then you go to third class lacrosse with boy. That's some great uh great content breakout ideas right there, guys. I really am gonna capitalize. How do you get goalies to go to your like? clinics and stuff because it looks like when i watch your videos i'm like you couldn't pay me any amount to get in net for that because it's literally just step down shooting and you recording the kid get lit up (laughs) the only um honestly for the goalies it's really mainly the live rep ones we've done and um we don't charge those guys and like we've had some really good offense and defensive players and so we, we had some really awesome goalies this fall come out and they, they love it. Like they wanted to get shots. I remember my high school go- goalie shout out, Chris Thomas. Like he would always bitch at us when we would take shots on him. Like we I were too it. close to this. And like the one time that he, like he got hit in the thumb and broke it. And it was like, never Dude, again. It's like, the worst. Well, we were- these, go- these goalies love it. Like they, they love, and I'm, I'm not having them get like shelled. I, it's just like live rep stuff. Sure. Right? You're not sure. You're not spoken like a true <laughs> midi. 
You're like, it's mm. only eight yards. <laughs> yeah, it's only 12 with my hands free dead yeah. center. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So I want to jump into the PLL because obviously that's the, the current state that you're in. But um, when you first started, you, you mentioned briefly like, you know, the MLL wasn't, didn't like go the way you imagined it at first. Um, and then you ha- did have some success on the blaze, but sort of like your coming out party, I would say at least personally was like the first year in the PLL on the chaos. Um, just like sort of walk us through that and like that experience of like the first year in the PLL and really, you know, getting back to your game. Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. I mean, I think um, the excitement around playing on that team and playing in the new league was great. Uh, it was some awesome venues and, you know, it was just, it was good being back out there with miles. You know, that was fun. I, you know, I've known and played against for my whole life and uh, you know, we just had some really good players. So it was just awesome to be out there. Um, you know, I've been dealing with an injury the last two seasons. So, you know, still working through, through that, but, um, but yeah, just like, it just feels good to like, you know, be going to something where, you know, kind of like we had in college where it was like, this is like what you were really all about, you know, trying to really mm-hmm. compete and, and, uh, you know, do well every time you stepped out. And, um, you know, I thought that excitement was big in the PLL. Are you worried that you're not going to be able to fit in necessarily with the chaos, given that 99% of their team is Canadian? I I mean, it's always a, uh, I'm always a little self-conscious about it, but dude, me too. I always get nervous around Canadians that I'm not like <laughs> Canadian enough for them. I'm like, guys, like I like just using my left hand too. So can I like, try and fit in a little bit? Like I, I always scored a couple goals right-handed and I was always a lefty on the scouting report. So maybe I can like kind of be Canadian. <laughs> but when we, when we played in the blaze, like we had some real Canadian beauties. Like I played with Matthews, Noble, Oh. Uh, Randall. And, and I was like, I think I fit in with those guys. So maybe I could be kind of an honorary member. Yeah. You sound just like them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your uh, line of Ficaro and, and miles. And I, I mean, I feel like we've been laying into you a little bit with the dance and, and the veil fight, but I got to know what was going on with that chain that you had on when you were trying to be part of the chain game with them. What was going on like with that I- choker? My little like Christian cross. Yeah, that, your like, puka, your puka necklace. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like these guys have these like chains that you know are like twenty pounds on the scale, <laughs> and I'm just like guys, like you guys are bigger than me, you're stronger than me, you dress a lot sexier than me. So like, <laughs> I I just like I need something to kind of fit in here, and I felt like if I had it, you know this little chain then i was like texting my mom i was like mom like i might get cut from the team if you don't get me like a chain that i can wear <laughs> it's got a little maryland flag it's got a maryland flag at the end of it yeah i'm like mom i'll pay you to go shopping for me i don't care if it's real just send it please and get it to training camp <laughs> <laughs> i was uh i was locker mates with miles and he would have like you know this new sick outfit every day and i'd be walking in in the same dumpy shirt and like jeans that don't really fit I'm like, yeah, we live similar fucking lifestyles, Miles. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm like, Miles, can you get me like an Adidas branded chain? Like just something that like it makes me feel like that we're like friends, not like I'm just like a wannabe. 
I, I embrace the wannabe role. I'll be like, hey, Miles. He'd be like, yeah, what's up? Like, why do you look like a sack of shit again? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just embracing that role. <laughs> like, I just forgot to pack. But fuck, good for him. Deemer, who's your uh, who's your best friend on the chaos? I would say, I would say Glick, uh, Mark Lassini. Yeah. Um, he's a great dude, and uh, I didn't. I, ne- <laughs> I didn't know goes, ugh. What do you say? Ocello goes ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. I actually don't know him. I just see him on Twitter and like any motivational <laughs> Twitter. I'm just anti. <laughs> Wake up and seize the day. Here are four things you can do. And I'm like, yeah, take a pull of Tito's, jerk off, eat a breakfast burrito, and take a nap. Like, that's that's what you should be doing. He actually – he went to high school with my girlfriend. They're from the same town. Whoa. Nice. You have a girlfriend. Love yeah, that. sick same, brag. Same Whoa. Girlfriend, same girlfriend you brought out to California a couple <laughs> no, of No, dude. Different, different girlfriend. <laughs> oh, and my, my current girlfriend listens to the pod, so – this wasn't on the script. Cut it. Cut it. Sweetie, I love you way more than her. Don't worry. <laughs> Sound guy, cut that. Cut that. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, they're from. They're from. They're both from Mawa. That's why I brought it up. But we can move on now that Deemer just fucking put me on blast in front of our millions. <laughs> so, anyways, of uh, you coach at USC. What's that like? What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> what's it like coaching women's lacrosse? Yeah. Deemer, do, yeah. should women wear helmets or what? I, my, my take is, look, I, I just don't see with how the sticks are going and how, um, these players are shooting the ball that I don't know why you wouldn't want a helmet. Like I get in there and if people are, I'm running across the crease and people are ripping it from six meters, eight meters, whatever. I'm like, I don't want to catch one of those in the face. And that's just me. But like, I just, I think eventually it's going to be like, you can't not like, I just, I just don't see it. And it's, it's not a thing like that. I, Hey, it's cause men's lacrosse is better than women's lacrosse. It's not like that. Anyone that knows me is like, that's not how I approach the game. Um, I just think for safety, like it, you know, it's, it's warranted to have that, um, you know, for concussions and protecting with, with the lacrosse ball. I, th- I think they look kind of, kind of swaggy sometimes. The Get a little ponytail flown yeah. out of the helmet. Yeah, whatever. All right. I mean, that was a pretty that was a pretty good take on it. I, I agree with you. So <clears throat> we talked about you coaching at USC, you moving out to L.A. What was like your biggest culture shock? Could you kind of just I mean, you lived in Baltimore where like, you know, I don't even want to get into what the people are like there. And then you're in New York City <laughs> and then you, you know, you go to L.A., which is probably much different. I mean, I've been there. I know it's much different. So get into the biggest culture shock there. I, I would say like going from you know, East coast, West coast. Like I remember when I was in New York, like it was always like, you know, like I went to a bar and guys would be like, where do you work? Like, who do you intern for? Like, you know, what, what finance team are you on? And I was like, dude, this is the most brutal conversation I've ever been a part of. And I think like when I'm out here, like what I think is just funny is like every street that I turn, like in Venice and Santa Monica, there's some dude, or, you know, some girl like posted up against the wall with like a background doing like influencer poses and like, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And That's I just actually think, like, just RJ. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's just like, I just think it's pretty wild, like how many different, um, you know, you got like surfer dudes rolling around and you got influencers there and then you, 
it's just like a, I think it's pretty cool. Like, honestly, like I think it's a really cool culture and just kind of like, you know, melting pot of like people and industries and stuff. It's some really cool cities and you got the beach. So I've loved living out here. I could see myself here for a long time. You seem like a, a big bungalow guy. Can you confirm that you're there every Friday night? <laughs> Definitely a bungalow guy. Bungalow is a great spot. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was going to say I went there one time and I ordered or I've been there a couple times, actually, brag. And I remember the first time I went and like ordered a shot of like well tequila, like a round of well tequila for like six people. And uh, and it was like one hundred and fifty bucks. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like we're, we're out here in L.A. Um, so good to know that you're, you're a big bungalow guy. I think that really fits uh, fits the vibe. I remember when guys were out here guys were out here for um for all-star weekend and i was not um a part of that but me neither um but i I will say um everyone like went to the bungalow for like 10 minutes line was like an hour long everyone's like screw this like you know i can't believe i have to wait in a line at a bar like blah 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 like my friends from baltimore like oh like i want to go back to the bar in baltimore i'm like I don't know what you expect. Like you have a place that's like people want to go to, like there's lines out here, like (laughs) just kind of like New York city. Like, you know, it's, I guess that's a good thing. Why didn't you take me to the bungalow when you were giving me the tour of LA? What did we do? We did the hotel Irwin, right? Little sunset view. Yeah. Did that. Then we went to the whaler, which is pretty gritty. (laughs) (laughs) It was gritty. Dude, we had a good time. I mean, what we have a good like Tuesday or Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, I was on vacation. You're like, dude, I got to like fly tomorrow. And I was already blacked out. Like, come on, one more. (laughs) You're like one more like bucket of Pacifico. And I'm like, I got to I got a piece out of here. (laughs) Or is uh, is the godmother the best meal in, in L.A.? The what? The godmother, that famous sandwich. I don't even know. You're not eat, then you're not, not even famous a real enough. LA resident. What's what's I the best place I to eat? I haven't been acquainted. What's the best place to eat in your opinion? I would say uh man this is I would say Scopa Italian Roots on Washington Boulevard. Wow. Shout out Scopa, sponsor the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see a huge huge bump in <laughs> chicken parm sales next week. <laughs> and you got to get a, a burger at Hanano Cafe. All righty. Fuck, I kind of just want to come out and visit now. Yeah. That seems nice. Yeah, come out. Come visit. I'll be out there oh, soon. I'm busy that week. I, I know some people moved out there recently. We'll, we'll connect offline on that, Deemer. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm booked up. <laughs> well, I meant like you could just meet my friends. Like I wasn't trying to hang out with you. Yeah, my calendar's full. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, when are you coming out? I don't know. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Um, well, let's uh, let, let's get into the final segment here. Just kind of like random topics. Um, I want you to predict the ACC standings right now. What are they going to be at the end of the season? Uh, Duke, UNC, Notre Dame, UVA. <laughs> Such a fuck. <laughs> Clemson. <laughs> Suck it. Virginia Tech, Miami. <laughs> No, I, I could see a Duke Q's final though, for sure. Who's winning so that just one? Immediately went back. Dude, <laughs> I think I did. It is crazy. Every team is stacked. Like it's going to be a pretty fun. It's a hot uh, take. I'll probably say battle. in the intro of this episode that Virginia's on fraud watch, but <laughs> I think they're definitely on fraud watch. Dude, uh, give me your take on Duke. You think it's too much star power, or you think they'll figure it out? 
And give us your take on Brennan. Uh, I mean, I think Brennan's a beast. Like, I feel like Hot take. I, I've never, <laughs> I've well, never how many seen, Twartons? like, he just strikes me as like a Matt, like a Mark Matthews type. Like he's just like his sticks everywhere. I don't know how he keeps the ball on a stick and he's just scoring crazy goals. Um, but I, I think they'll, I think they'll be well off. I think guys are like, it's a big roster, but I think guys are like buying into, to different roles, like guys that have been there for a while, like our, I think roles have shifted over time and you know, I, I know that those guys just want to win. So I think it'll be cool to see that that come together. And I think every game will get better. And, you know, I think people were like shitting on Sowers the first game. And I was like, you guys obviously haven't watched the last yeah. like 15 years of Duke lacrosse where like chemistry starts clicking mid-April. I don't really know what you expect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't care. They covered in that game, but he was catching a lot of heat. Um, what did, uh, how many Tuaretons do you think Brennan's going to win? Three or four. We have him at three, say, but I could see, I could see him pushing for two. I could Not too. Three. He would okay. he would be the first two time winner now. I just made that up. Did Mikey Collins <laughs> win two? He could, might be. Lyle has I try one not and to half. dive into Lax history because I know jack shit, and then like some old bag like. <laughs> Will come out and be like, you didn't know that Mike <laughs> yeah, was right? to Wharton's. And I'm like, N- no. I, I How could you even have a so. podcast? Laura <laughs> Cummings won three on the women's side, which is. Oh, yeah. Way to prevent us from being yeah. canceled. That's Without a good, even that's a, a freaking chance. helmet on. <laughs> Who? Uh, so me and Evan have an open bar bet. When Notre Dame plays Syracuse, we get an hour of an open bar. That's not um, the bet, dude. It's whoever finishes furthest in the playoffs. And we have something for each game, right? <laughs> no. You oh. just made that up, but I'm happy to. Let's right. do it. Okay. Anyways, for each game you know, we'll, we'll, so it builds up into the final, final yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We'll do half-hour open bar for the any time sure they play. We did it, Evan. Shoot, it was, the oh. bet was whoever went the furthest in the playoffs gets the open bar. All right, I just muted Evan. Um, all right, so, Deemer, who do you think goes further in the playoffs, Notre Dame or Syracuse? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to say Notre Dame, obviously. <laughs> what? Uh, mm-hmm. That's what he's track. hoping for because he knows Cuse would roll Duke. <laughs> I don't know, but but uh, I do have some some guys on Cuse that I love. Um, Curry, Rafis, Dordovic, um, all great dudes. So I'm always pulling for those guys. Oh, dude, so. you sound just like um, me. None of them can't yeah, even yeah. touch Pat Kavanaugh, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, I want those guys to do well for sure. Are you um so so Miles Jones has been invited to be an announcer, you know, ESPN. Uh two two part question here. One, do you expect to be uh invited to be an announcer? And two, if not, Evan and I are looking into ways to live announce games uh during the season. And do you want to come announce one with us? Yeah, I definitely would. I, I would love to be invited over time, but um but I don't think with my schedule that that would work but i think with you guys we could definitely do that i think uh, we're busy that week but we'll try to figure it <laughs> <yeah>. out <laughs> sorry bro <laughs> i always i've always wanted to do one for espn so that would be cool to do that over time but um i definitely will we'll get it going with you guys for sure perfect we can do some uh it's good practice what is that called like a b-roll i don't know the la terms <laughs> neither does deemer he didn't even know what the godmother was he has no shit yeah i don't know anything about LA. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link you have to know people <laughs> maybe a periscope live feed we just have to make sure the stream is uh 
you know, at least average or better um, to be able to announce it. All, all right. right. It sounds like you're taking the reins on this because we can't yeah, figure right. out how Let to us do know. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Deemer, we t- kept you for way too long. Um, appreciate you coming on. We already plugged the uh, charity auctions. We'll, we'll hit you up offline and we'll, we'll be in touch on that. But um, appreciate you coming on, man. If you, if you want to plug anything besides first class lacrosse, now's the time. No, that's it. Follow the uh, the women of Troy on Instagram. No, for the rest of our season. Fuck, go Irish. <laughs> but, uh, but otherwise, appreciate you guys having me. That was awesome. Beauty, thank you, Deemer. Thanks, man. Thank you to Deemer Class for coming on. Really appreciate it. As always, support us through Beef Jerky, RedTruckBeefJerky.com, and checking out our charity uh, online for Sideline Swap. You can check out the links in our bio. You can check it out on social. um, And we are going to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.